Fantastic. It's great to be here. First chapel service, hey? Who's, who's excited about the chapel service? Yeah, that is good. That is good. Got a few hands. Few. That is good. Hey, I'm excited. We had a great morning in church this morning. We had two great services. Great to see people saved. Great to see people get their baptism certificates today and people come in. And uh, I'm believing for tonight to be the same that people are going to get saved, that people are going to come to know God, that people are going to be touched by God today and uh, really impacted by Jesus. And I want to encourage you, open up your hearts. Open up your hearts. I believe this chapel service is a bit more stripped back, a bit more stripped back, but I think it's a place where you can encounter Jesus. Not that the other services aren't, but in this space, let go of, I guess, what some of, so for some of us, what is more normal is that louder, bigger thing. But I think in this quiet space, God will be able to speak to you and really be able to impact your heart. So I'm going to speak on something today that I believe is a really one of the most important things we actually struggle with and are challenged with in our culture right now and in our lives right now. But also we minimize it and don't see it as that important, but it really is. And uh, we're going to talk on it today, but I'm going to pray before we do. So can you pray with me today? Pray with me today. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for who you are, God. We thank you, you're a great, you're a mighty God. And I pray in this place, let our focus, let our heart, let our lives be centered on you right now. Let our attention be centered on you, Jesus. And I just pray as we look to you, God, that you will fill us, that you will touch us, that you will change us, God. I pray for anyone new here tonight that maybe doesn't know you, God. Open their hearts up to you, God, so they can know who you are, the one true God. And we just thank you for that now. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, well, it's good to be here. And I am going to talk tonight on distractions, distractions. And uh, who's distracted right now? Uh, me, I hear. <laughs> All the sanguines put their hands up. <laughs> I like that about the Indian in the Englishman's body. Yeah, that's good. I'm an Englishman in an Englishman's body, I think. So that's why they got me to speak here, because uh, I'm, I'm very sensitive, I got told, and very, very English. <laughs> But that's the, but I'm getting distracted here. But have you ever been distracted before? Who's been distracted before? Who, who finds it hard to focus? Who finds it hard to focus? I think there really are in our culture, they're silly questions really. I think because all of us do. I live in a house of four girls. And uh, for me, focus is an art form at home. I feel like I'm juggling four different voices constantly at me. I walk in the door and it's like, hey, daddy, look what I did today. I did this today. I did this. Today. Can I have a snack? Can I have another snack? How come she gets a snack? Can I get a snack? What are we having for dinner? A lot of it revolves around food. And uh, there's all these things. Where I, and sometimes you feel a bit like, whew, I've had a big day. It's a bit overwhelming. But I think for often for us in life, we're in that place as well, where there's so many things vying for our attention that we get overwhelmed with it and um, we just get lost in the distraction. There's things like these, things like family. We've got to have the dinner ready. We've got to have the lunches ready. We've got to get the kids ready for school. Kids have got cross country this week. Kids have got choir this week. Kids have got basketball this week. Hey, we've got family coming over this week. We've got to get the house ready. Hey, one of the kids has got a birthday party this week. We've got to get ready for that. We've got to get a present for that. We've got to get a card for that and then do that. Then you move on to work and study. Hey, I've got assignments to your work deadline take on that new project. I've got 50 emails in my inbox that still need to be uh, taken care of. And then you get to our house. Hey, it needs to be cleaned. Our hot water system needs fixing. Our car needs servicing. We need to do all these type of things. Bills need to be paid. 
personal. We need the new outfit because we've got the big event on this week. We need the new iPhone because the current one's too slow to keep up with all we need to do. We need all these things internally. We look at things and we, we kind of have this internal voice that is constantly distracting us. Do I look okay? Why did that person look at me funny? Am I, am I doing okay? Am I a failure? Am I good? Am I bad? All these type of voices coming at us. And then we've got the external ones. Hey, COVID, is that, is that, I'm, I'm distracted by that. I'm, I'm, it takes a lot of my thought time. It takes the wars happening around the world. All these type of things, they come to distract us and they come to take our attention. And you know, I read this, it's estimated that we process five times more information every day than people did in 1986. Five times the amount of information. So you wonder why we are constantly distracted and on. And uh, we need to really watch what takes our attention. In this place, in this culture, in this life that we live, we need to so watch what takes our attention because it can really, uh, we can get so caught up in the small distractions that we miss the big main things. We miss the big main things. And I want to read a story from you for, from Luke chapter 10. Luke is the best book in the Bible. It's a very good book I like to read from. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. And... Uh, this is the story of two sisters. I've got two daughters, three daughters actually. Uh, <laughs> distracted. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> they are sisters though. They are sisters. And uh, this is what it says in this verse. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you seem, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now I'm going to stop the story at this point. Who, who would be on Martha's side right now? You're like, yeah. You would expecting Jesus hasn't responded yet, but I think Martha would have been going, like many of us, you, you give it to Mary, Jesus. Come on, you, you tell her she's being lazy. She needs to get up. She needs to help me. I know my kids do that all the time. I know I do that all the time. These type of things. And, and, and we can kind of sympathize with Martha as well in this place because she's got Jesus coming under her roof. There's a bit of pressure that comes along with that. We're like, man, I better get the house ready. I better get these things done. I better get this stuff sorted because I've got the Son of God about to enter into my home with his disciples. Uh, but... This is how Jesus responds. So, but the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Kind of different to what I think we would have expected. We expect it in the Bible because we've probably read it before or heard this story before. But in our own life, I think we would expect something different. But what was the problem here? Martha wasn't. Like Jesus, Jesus didn't come to the door and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? I'm going to go out for a smoke and go down to the pub. And she wasn't doing bad. She wasn't kind of going, Jesus, well, that's it. She was doing good. She was trying to help and do these type of things. But what it was, she was missing out on something great because she was doing good. She was missing out on the most important thing. She had Jesus in the room with her, but she went into a different room to sort everything out and missed an encounter with Jesus. And I think often we can be like that. We can be in a church place right now. Jesus is in the room. God is in the room. God is wanting to speak to you. God is wanting to touch your heart. God is wanting to move in your life. But we're in a different room. We may not be physically in a different room, but we're checking an email right now. We're 
in, we're kind of thinking, what am I going to do tomorrow when I've got this meeting on? Or we, we're constantly thinking about other things rather than being focused and attentive like Mary was in this place. And I think this is often the battle. It's not always between bad versus good. It's between good versus God. It, it, it's good. Like she, Martha was doing a good thing, but she wasn't doing the God thing. She wasn't doing, we, we learn how to be better Christians. We learn how to do the right thing. And I think the enemy has a plan for our life where he, he wants to attack. And it says in, in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich, satisfying life. Saying there's this enemy's plan to steal and destroy and kill, but Jesus has come to give you real life. But I don't think the enemy... If, if you've been a Christian for a long time, he's not going to drop a bag of drugs on your desk and, and kind of do it. It's not that type of stuff because we go, come on, that's silly. I'm not going to take that. But if the enemy can't make us bad, he distracts us from the important things in life. He distracts us from the important things in life. The, the word distraction in the Greek actually means pulled apart or drawn away, pulling us in different directions. And I think this is what the enemy works on. We've got God here who's going, come to me. I want to sow into you. I want to feed your soul. I want to move in your heart. I want to move in your life. I want to make you the son, the daughter I've, I've made you to be. But the enemy's just like, oh, that email over there. Oh, check this notification that came up. Check all these type of things. And it ends up drawing us away. Draws us away from God. Draws us away from sowing into our marriage, into our family. Draws us away from the important things. Draws us away from church, from connect groups. Draws away from helping others and the call that God has placed on our life. These things we get drawn away from and we end up ineffective. But God has called us, no matter what age you're in this place, God has called each one of us. Whether you're 80 or whether you're 18, God has called each one of us. And I think these, these distractions, unless we uh, hit them and go, hang on, I'm, I'm going to take hold of these things and let them go, we're actually, we actually get to the end of our life and we will go, what did I do with my life? Where did it go wrong? Was, was there one major event? No, it was just 1,000 little events that took me off course from where God wanted me to be. And now I'm regretting where I am. So I want to give you a couple of quick things tonight to do to avoid distractions and, and to move into what God's called you to do in that place. So number one is let go, of un, get, let go of the unimportant. Let go of the unimportant. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And I love this. It says, hey, strip away the weights that, that, that slow us down. Strip away the weights. And then it says, especially the ones of sin. So it's actually saying the, the sinful things we do that will entrap us and slow us down. But there's also other things that I guess wouldn't be sinful, they just slow us down. They, they just weigh us down from what God has called us to do. And I think one of the key things in our culture, I had it this week, is, uh, is our screen time. Now, I know I'm touching on holy ground here. This is a few nervous people right now. A few people put their phones down. Pauline's unashamedly on her phone still. Yeah, so no, <laughs> she's writing notes. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I was just saying, is, is she paying attention right now? But... But uh, I was there the other night, and I'm not a big social media person. I know we all say that. This is a, but I'm not a very big social media person. But the other night, I had a notification come up on my phone on Facebook, and uh, I'm, I look at it, and it says, you've been invited to an event. I thought, I better check what the event is, because I always miss these events. And as I checked my phone, 
I went into it, and then I saw these two numbers down the bottom. And there were different sections in Facebook. If you know Facebook, or one is Marketplace, and there was a couple of numbers on Marketplace. So I thought, I better click on Marketplace because there might be something there I need to buy. And, uh, and you click on Marketplace, and because of the algorithms, they bring up exactly what you want to buy. And it's a lot cheaper on Marketplace than it normally would. So then you start scrolling through and go, oh, can I get a bargain here? And I spent five or 10 minutes, I reckon, on Marketplace. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, I need to stop this. But the next one across had a, a number five on it, I think it was, and it was videos. And when you go onto videos, they show you funny videos and all these different things. And I saw this weird art one that came up, which was doing some stuff. And I watched that and I'm like, oh, what is this going to be? And then a soccer one came up where they score goals in the soccer. And I'm like, man, these guys are awesome. And then this thing came up, welding three pieces of metal together. I ended up getting 90% of the way through it. And I'm like, I don't even like welding. Why am I watching this? I, I have no care about welding. Why did this even come up? And I'm watching this going, I just, and I looked at it, I thought, I probably wasted 15 minutes of my time, and the worst thing is, I don't even know what the event was that I got invited to, that I went on there, I still don't know now, I haven't gone back and checked, but, but it distracts us, it distracts us, when I was younger, we had five TV channels, now you go on Netflix, there's about 10,000 things to choose from, I don't know if you remember the day where you used to watch a TV show and you had to wait the next week to find out what was going to happen in the TV show and it handled a cliffhanger and you're like, I'm going to wait next week. And if you missed it next week, you kind of just missed it. Unless you, have a, unless you had a tape recorder or a DVD recorder or DVR, something like that, but you just missed it. Now you can watch a whole season in a day if you wanted to watch it and then start another one and it, it distracts us. It gets a, You get that little time thing going on Netflix or whatever it is, 12 seconds and the next one will start and you're like, ah, oh, I can just do one more. It just goes on. <laughs> some guilty laughter there, some guilty laughter. But... But this, this is funny in some ways because it, it, it's, we don't see it as bad. We don't see it as this kind of, it's not like I'm going out and I'm um, doing a whole bunch of sinful stuff. I'm just watching something or I'm just checking Facebook or I'm just doing these things. But if it stops us from getting the most important things, then it is about things. I've got some stats here. They, they say we check our phone every, an average of every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes we check our phone. And I read this thing about a counselor who's Christian counselor. He said, it's impossible to develop intimacy in, in our culture because to be intimate, you need to, uh, the other person needs to know that you have their full attention or they have your full attention and that you're able to do that. But with our phones and with all these other things, no one ever has their attention. Who's in work meetings or like you're at home and you're all these type of things and, and you're all on your phones. You're at, you're at dinner together and you're all on your phones. <laughs> you, we don't have each other's attention in that. We spend over three hours a day watching TV. We spend around two hours a day watching social media. And if you expand this out over a lifetime, I think it will come up on the back screen. If you expand this out, we spend seven years and eight months watching TV. Seven years and eight months. We spend five years and four months on social media. We spend three years, five months eating and drinking. We spend one year, 10 months grooming. And we spend one year, three months on socializing. So on the year of the table, we need to try and switch this thing around. Do you know that's 13 years spent watching TV and on social media of our life. This is our God-given time that we are called to be on earth to make a difference in, in, our, in our life, in our family's life, in, in the people around us. And we, we, we use that time. If you translated that into money or other things, you go, man, that is a real bad use of what you were doing there. 
And I'm not saying never to go on TV or never to go social media. And if you are that type of thing, they're going, hey, I don't even have a social media account. I am amazing. Yeah, we've got one hand there. That's good. There will be other things that you get distracted by. There'll be other things that we get distracted by. So don't turn off. Imagine if we could halve those things. Imagine if we could halve the amount of time we spent on some of these things. Imagine if we could take some of these things and put that energy into spending time with God, spending time fully engaged with our family, some of these type of things. But we need to let go of these things. I heard this quote by John Piper. You have to listen up for this one. It says, if we don't, if we don't feel strong desires for the manifest, manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room left for the great. It's stuffed with Facebook. It's stuffed with TV. It's stuffed with all the small things. If we are full of what the world offers, then perhaps a fast, perhaps a fast might express, i got some laughter here, or even increase our soul's appetite for God. What is it saying here? Hey, You've nibbled on all this stuff. Maybe try fasting. Maybe try cutting some of that stuff. Maybe try to let go of some of these distractions. Let go of some of these things that are stopping you from really entering into what God has called you to do. Second thing is, so we need to cut some things out, but then you can't just cut things out and leave a void there. Yeah, I've got rid of the TV, but now I do something else in its place. It's, it, we've got to cut things out, but then focus on the right things. If you continue in this verse of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, the, the verse after it says, we do this. We, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor be, be, beside God's throne. Think of the hostility endured from sinful people. Then you will, won't become weary and give up. So we've got to focus on the important thing. Fix our eyes on Jesus. What does that mean? It's not like a glance towards Jesus when I need him. It's not, it's fix my eyes upon Jesus. Jesus, what are you doing in my life right now? Jesus, speak to me. God, I want to know who you are. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you. God, does this please you what I'm doing? Am I, am I being a, a pleasing son or daughter to you right now? Am I following you with my whole heart? See, Mary had this. In the story of Mary and Martha, Mary had this. She said she was sitting at his feet and she was fully attentive to him as he was teaching and sharing. She had this, and we don't get to follow on the story of Mary, but I don't think she would have just sat there for a week after Jesus had left, just sitting there being kind of that person. I think she would have had that impact from Jesus and then got up and gone, now I've, I've got to live out what Jesus has called me to do. So this isn't about, oh, don't just do, you've just got to be with Jesus. I think Mary would have jumped up and she would have done great things for Jesus. But at the other place, Martha was doing things without Jesus, and it caused her some pain and some trouble. And we need to make sure we're doing this. Fix our eyes on Jesus. It's the year of the table this year. And I want to encourage us. Are we doing that? Are we fixing our eyes on the important things? Are we spending time with our kids, our family at the dinner table? Are we attentive while we're there? Or are we on our devices? Or are we in a different place? The kids are asking us questions. And we, we sorry, did you say something? Or are we there at church with our friends, spending time with God? Are we Number one, physically there, but number two, are we actually attentive while we're there? Do we just go to God and tell Him what we want and then we're not attentive to how He responds? We need to be in that place and we really need to go seeking God. And I want to encourage us right now, I'm just going to say two things. How do you know if you're in this place? How do you know if you're more of a Martha than a Mary right now? You're more in that place of, I'm doing a lot of things 
but I feel a bit tired maybe through it or I feel a bit kind of, there's not the fruit that I want to see. There's not the joy of the Lord coming out in me. There's not this peace that comes with me. How do you know these things? I want to give you two quick things, kind of things from this story that help us to understand this. Number one, our relationship with God and others is challenged. She was upset with God and she was annoyed with her sister. This is what she said. She said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits there while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. See right here, she's telling God what to do. She's going, God, you need to do this my way. Hey, you need to tell her. You need to get him. She's trying to get control over everything and go, God, why aren't you doing things the way I want you to do it? I'm doing all this work here. Don't you see this? Don't you notice me? Why are you not helping me? We get disappointed. We get a bit bitter with God. Like, God, I'm doing all this stuff for you and I'm just tired. Didn't you see me? I was the last one to pack down at the end of the service and everyone else went home. And where is it? And we get this kind of attitude with God, attitude with people. We know, we know the attitudes with people we get. We start getting offended by them. You know, they're just sitting there. They're not doing it. I'm carrying all the work. I'm doing all the things. And we all see it from our place. There's some more laughter here. I can tell people are uh, understanding that. But we get offended. We get judgmental of people. And we start to withdraw from God. We start to withdraw from people. We start to get bitter. We start to get kind of in that place of... Uh, jaded by God or people. And uh, we need to make sure we don't go down that place. The second thing, our hearts and minds are busy and anxious. Our hearts and minds are busy and anxious. She said, she had worry. she said you're worried about all the details, all the things. Don't be worried about it. There's just a few things that are important. There's just one main thing that's important, but focus on the important things. Don't worry about the non-important things. And I think in our world, in our culture right now, anxiety, worry, stress, fear, uh, the busyness of our minds, all these type of things, they're, they're so high right now that we actually feel so wired and full of all these things that we're unable to approach God in the right way. We feel fearful about things that uh, may we should be fearful about, but we fear more than anything we feel fearful about all the things we probably shouldn't be fearful about. I'm worried about all the things we shouldn't be worried about. And I think the Bible is teaching us here, hey, come to me, come to Jesus, not, not me, come to Jesus, and he'll fill you. He'll give you what you need. He'll get you through these fears. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 11. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to ask you today, do you have rest in your soul? Do you have peace in your heart? Are you in that place where you're like, hey, we all have struggles, we all have worries, we all have bad days, we all have, but it's different between having a bad day or a bad moment to, man, I just, I can't get rest. I can't get peace right now. I am way more like Martha. I'm, I'm worried about everything. I stress about all these things. I try and get control over everything. You may have been a Christian for 20 years. You may have been a Christian for a week. You may not be a Christian. I think you can be all of these places and it's not a bad thing as in you shouldn't be feeling condemned or guilty about it if you're in that place because when Martha was in that place, Jesus came to you and said, Dear Martha, hey, just turn around and do the right thing. Come sit with me. Give me your attention now. Give me your attention now. And I think that's what God is saying in this place right now. God is saying, give me your attention right now. You're full, undivided, your devoted attention. 
I want to speak into you. I want to restore your soul, refresh your soul. I want to take those burdens you were carrying, maybe burdens in your relationships, maybe burdens in, in that financial area or the health area. I want to take those burdens off you. I want to give you peace. I want to give you peace that goes beyond the natural. And I want everyone just to stand up right now. I believe this is a moment where God wants to move and touch people's lives. And I'm going to open up this altar in a moment for people to be able to come down and really undistracted, be able to go, Jesus, help me to focus on you. Help me to empty myself of all these distractions and help me to give my full attention to you. And I pray that, Lord, you will fill me you will refresh me. You will strengthen me. You will help me to be restored in my soul. And uh, I'm going to open that up in a moment. Before I do, I just want every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this place and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you may have heard of God. You may have been to church before. You may have been to church many times. But really, ultimately, if you're honest with yourself, you're not walking with God right now. And you, you feel this at the moment. You feel, man, I, I don't have a peace. I am worried about things. I, I do have these struggles and these things. You know, Jesus wants to come into your life and He wants to restore your soul. He wants to bring pre peace into your heart. He wants to come into relationship with you. And the Bible says, like we heard in Hebrews before, it said that Jesus came to this earth to take on all of our stuff, take on all the things that we've done wrong, all the struggles we have, all of those things. He took them on Himself so that we could be free and we could not carry those burdens. And he's here tonight. And if you're in that place and you're like, man, I've, I've not walked with God. I've not done things right. And I am carrying that burden right now. But I want to give that to God. And I want to ask him into my life to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to put him first. And I want him to carry those burdens for me and take away that sin in my life and help me to go forward in him. If that's you right now, you're in that place and you're like, God, I want to ask you into my heart, whether it be for the first time or whether to return to him now, I want you to reach out to him right now on the count of three. One two, three. If that's you, just put your hand up. I'd love to pray for you and just uh, be my greatest honor just to pray for you and say, God, come into this person's life. Great. Hand up there. Great. Hand at the back there as well. Is there anyone else here? Like, yeah, God, that's me. I need Jesus. Don't worry. Don't be distracted about other things. I just want to give a moment more. If that's you, I, I just want Jesus right now. And just lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. And I'll just pray for you. Fantastic. Hey, we're going to pray for these people who raised their hands. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you raise your hand, I want you to follow me in this prayer. If you didn't raise your hand, just pray this along with us as well. And we're going to invite Jesus into our life. So let's pray after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. And let me live and walk with you every day from this day forward. I give you my burdens and I thank you that you carry them for me. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, uh, those who just prayed that prayer, hopefully one of our team will see you and offer to come pray with you after and just encourage you after. But if we can bow our heads again, just close our eyes. I just want to open up the altar right now. This, this front area of church, just where I am. If you're in that place, any of these places tonight where you're like, God, I'm, I am anxious tonight, or God, I, I don't have that rest in my soul. I don't have that peace in my heart. There may be bigger things in your in life as well where you're like, I, I've got some sickness, and I, I just, I'm just believing for healing. I, I believe God is going to heal people tonight. I believe God is going to bring physical healing, 
emotional healing, but also spiritual healing in your life when you come to Him and when you humble yourself. I think there's people in here that you're going over, they're going, I really feel like I need to be down there tonight, but I don't think I should because I've been in church maybe for too long. And I, I don't want to kind of look, but I think God's calling you tonight to go, God, I'm just going to open up to you tonight. And what we're going to do, we're going to worship. Some of our team are going to be down the front. If uh, I can invite the team to come down the front, front as well. And if you just want to find a space at the front, and we'll just offer to pray for you. If you've got something that you need prayer on specifically, you're welcome to tell the team and say, hey, I'd love you to pray for this specific area. If not, we'll just come pray for you. But I want to open it up as we worship. Why don't you come to the front? And let's just spend some time with Jesus. We're going to do this for the next little bit and uh, just really believe for God to move. Amen. Amen. Let's come. Flow in this place. 